Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 331 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for the wisdom in your word. Help us learn the nuggets of wisdom you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Jesus is teaching in Luke chapter 20. We see Jesus' wisdom in this chapter. The Pharisees were trying to trick him. They sent spies to try and trick him into saying something they could arrest him for. But instead of tricking him, he was able to answer all their questions. In addition, he gave them some riddles they could not solve. Jesus tells the parable of the man who rented out his vineyard. The people renting the vineyard were greedy and wanted all the fruit for themselves. They had no respect for the owner and became more violent over time. They eventually killed the owner's son to attempt to secure their own riches. The owner of the vineyard in this story is God. The people sent to collect were the prophets who tried to right their wrongs. And of course, the son is Jesus and the church is the vineyard. We, as the church, rent out space from the Lord. Any fruit we bear is because of him, and it is his. Everything on this earth that is good is for God's glory. None of it belongs to us. May we walk humbly in his name and do all we do unto him because we are from him and everything is his. In verses 17 and 18, Jesus describes himself as the stone which the builders rejected. And that stone is the cornerstone. This was prophesied in Psalm 118, verse 22, Isaiah chapter 8, verse 14, and Daniel chapter 2, verse 34. We will read Daniel today, but I encourage you to go back and read the verses in Psalms and Isaiah. It is heart-inspiring to see the Lord fulfill the prophecies he gave thousands of years ago. It is also lovely to see how God put this reading plan together to show us that Jesus' words and Daniel's prophetic words intertwine in today's reading. Wikipedia defines the word cornerstone as the first stone set in the construction of a masonry foundation. All other stones will be set in reference to this stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. We are set upon Jesus, the cornerstone of our faith. Last, Jesus warns his disciples about the scribes who desire honor and do not take care of God's people. They take more than they should from those they shouldn't under the pretense of prayer. May God lead each of us to him and his wisdom and truth. Let's see what John's vision is in Revelation chapter 11. John is given a measuring rod and told to measure the sanctuary of God, the altar, and count the people who worship there. We can see that God has always been a God of precision. We can also propose that there will always be an altar for God. He is asking John to measure it in his time. He is instructed not to measure the outer court. The outer court is filled with people who worship false gods who will not be counted as God's chosen in the book of life. The two witnesses in this chapter could be as little as two people, but can also be representative of the Jewish and Gentile nations. Some believe the two witnesses are Enoch and Elijah who were taken into heaven without dying here on earth. And some believe the two prophets are yet to come. They will have a period of three and a half years where they have mighty power from God here on earth. They will be able to call for drought and plagues of all kinds and turn water into blood while testifying on the Lord's behalf. The enemy kills the two witnesses, leaving them dead for all to see. Verse 10 tells us those still on earth are thrilled they are gone because they brought so much trouble and torment. After three and a half days, they rise from the dead and ascend into heaven. 
An earthquake follows and thousands of people die. The people who don't die were awestruck and glorify God. Then we read about the seventh angel blowing his trumpet and the world becoming part of the kingdom of God and his son, where he will reign for eternity. The 24 elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin bow down before him and worship him. The saints are rewarded and what a great time this will be. May we praise him today for all he is and plans for eternity. We start the book of Daniel today. There is some controversy about who wrote this book, but most scholars believe Daniel himself wrote it. In both Matthew and Mark, Jesus refers to Daniel. Matthew 24, 15 says, So when you see the appalling sacrilege spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader take notice and ponder and consider and heed this. The passages referenced by Jesus are Daniel 9, 27, 11, 31, and 12, 11. So we can believe that Daniel wrote this book. Let's see what Daniel is writing in chapter 1. This chapter starts with the Babylonian invasion when King Jehoiakim was king of Judah. This predates some of our reading in Ezekiel, so the events we read about in this book will take us back a few years. The story about the invasion can be read in 2 Kings chapter 24 and 2 Chronicles chapter 36. King Jehoiakim, his family, and some of the children of Israel were taken to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar wanted to train some of the most learned children to serve him, so he ordered that they have the best food and be taught their language and literature for three years. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were among these children. Daniel didn't want to defile himself by eating the meat and drinking the wine given to him, so he asked if he and his friends could be served vegetables and water. He rightly assumed the meat and wine were sacrificed to other gods and wanted to remain faithful to the Lord. But the leader in charge of him was concerned that they wouldn't be healthy if they just ate vegetables. So Daniel told him to put it to the test. If, after ten days, they seemed weak and thin, then he would agree to eat the meat and drink the wine, and the leader agreed. After ten days, Daniel and his friends put on more weight and muscle than the others and looked healthier than the others, so they were granted their request for just veggies and water. The Lord was with these young men and gave them knowledge, wisdom, and understanding beyond all the others. After their three-year term, they were brought before the king and assigned to him. Verse 20 says they were ten times wiser than all the other men in his kingdom. In chapter 2, Daniel's favor is acutely shown. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that he knew was significant. He called his trusted advisors to interpret the dream and tell him about it because he said he had forgotten it. No one could tell him his dream, so they were sentenced to death. However, Daniel called for some time to provide both the dream and the interpretation. After time in prayer, God showed Daniel the dream and gave him the interpretation. He was brought to the king and told both. The king could see that God had given these things to him and that his God was the God of all gods. Verse 48 says, Then the king made Daniel great and gave him many great gifts, and he made him to rule over the whole province of Babylon and to be the chief governor of all the wise men of Babylon. Only God could give this kind of favor to his servant. History shows that Daniel was correct in his interpretation of the king's dream about the future of his kingdom. Well, let's see what we can learn from Psalm 150. This psalm is one of the greatest psalms of praise that we read. It starts and ends with the words, praise the Lord. The first verse tells us to praise him three different times. The third, fourth, and fifth verses tell us to praise him with instruments. And the last verse says, let everything that has breath and every breath of life praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't think there is any coincidence that the last psalm is so rich with praise for God. Let us praise the Lord as this psalm suggests. Let us pray. 
O Lord, we praise you, for you are greatly to be praised. Thank you for being the almighty God that you are. Thank you for all you do and all you are. We worship and praise your name, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.